What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Something About Sports podcast. This is your host once again, Leon Edwards, back with another Chiefs game recap. Recapping the Chiefs' final regular season game, a Week 18 matchup. They wrap it up with a 28-24 victory over the Denver Broncos to finish the season at 12-5. and That was actually my prediction for how this season will go. I can't remember exactly what week that was. I don't know if it was when the Chiefs were maybe... Maybe they were four and four, five and four, somewhere in there, right, right at the beginning of the winning streak. My prediction for the Chiefs was twelve and five, and I actually thought that they would run off all the rest of the games and they would lose this game because they'd be resting guys. That was my prediction. It was close. They ended up stumbling last week, which which would have gone ahead and given them what they needed to get, but they still wrapped up twelve and five. Still a very good season at three and four. Uh, you would have never thought this team ended up at 12 and five. And then the way that people were talking about this team, you would have thought they were done. So I think a lot of folks would be happy with a 12 and five season and a number two seed in the playoffs. We'll get into kind of how all that's set up later. But I want to I want to talk about this game. So I will say. I don't think I'm going to spend a whole lot of time talking about it. This was not a pretty game. It was ugly from the beginning. The Chiefs. Didn't really look. The Chiefs didn't really look prepared. I won't say prepared. They just didn't look necessarily interested in this game. And so it it, it calls for an uglier game. It calls for a game that the Broncos were a lot closer in than they probably should have been. It allowed them some opportunities to do some things and make a few more plays than you would have probably liked to see them make. But that's just kind of how these divisional games go towards the end of the year. I mean, you look across the NFL, so many teams with nothing to play for are playing spoilers or um, ruining people's playoff chances and things like that. So, I mean, there's a, it's just kind of part of it. And I talked about that before the game. You knew the Broncos would come in and play hard. You just didn't necessarily know how that would affect the outcome of the game. I thought the Chiefs would come out and play a little harder than we saw them play and look a little bit more determined to get off the field early. Instead, they had to play the whole game. They had to play uh, Mahomes and a lot of the defensive starters the whole game and didn't get a chance to get that rest. So that was the biggest difference. Just nobody really looked interested in being there until, except for Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes was locked in in this game, and I'll get into him in a second, but nobody on either side of the ball really looked that, that particularly interested in playing this game, and everybody looked ready for the playoffs. Until Melvin Ingram, Melvin Ingram and Nick Bolton combined for what could be a play of the year contender. As far as the Chiefs are concerned, Melvin Ingram just meets Melvin Gordon in the backfield. This is this is a a goal line play. They're in goal to goal situation. The Chiefs are actually trailing the Broncos at this time, 21 to 20. They're in a goal to goal situation. You're feeling like they're probably going to score a touchdown. With the way that they move the ball defensively, Melvin Ingram makes a huge hit on Melvin Gordon, knocks the ball loose. Nick Bolden picks it up and just outruns everybody for an 86-yard scoop and score. And that's how the Chiefs end up taking the lead in this game and kind of getting it under control. So that was a, a a cool moment for the Chiefs. It was something cool to see them still making plays like that deep into the fourth quarter. And then you also talk about two uh, big the the two guys making an impact on that play are two of uh, this season's additions and two guys who have helped change what this defense has become down the stretch of the year in Melvin Ingram and Nick Bolton. Both of those guys have had a big hand in helping to transform this defense and help this defense improve and get off the schneid they were on early in the season. So 
even though guys didn't look that interested in being there, Melvin Ingram has a motor. He was out there playing hard all game. I say him and Patrick Mahomes probably were the two guys um, on either side of the ball that looked like they they wanted to play this game. They looked juice for it and they wanted to play well. So it was it was fitting for him to make that play with how much energy he played with, which how much with how much um, pressure he was getting on to Drew Locke during this game. He was just he was playing in a league of his own, and that was good to get a chance to see him make a huge play for the Chiefs down the stretch hopefully that gives him some momentum going into the playoffs which will be uh which will be much needed and, and well deserved on Melvin Ingram's part so I talked about Patrick Mahomes Patrick Mahomes was locked in in this game another strong game for him he looks he looks like he's ready to have a couple over my dead body games in the postseason and those of you guys that knew Therese Paler that was a, a Therese Paler ism I guess you can say but he looks ready to go and with the way that the team has been a little up and down over these last few weeks, looks like they might need a couple of over my dead body games from Patrick Mahomes. But the good thing about Patrick Mahomes is that there's really only one quarterback in the NFL that I would take that I would consider taking their over my dead body game over him. And that's Aaron Rodgers. And Patrick Mahomes looks ready to have have a few of them in the postseason as needed. I think he's ready to lead this team. He looks locked in. He's looked like he's been in playoff mode pretty much this entire winning streak. But ever since that second half, that really the fourth quarter and overtime of the Chargers game, he's just looked like a different player. He looks he's looked like he's back. He's comfortable. He's ready to do his thing again. So it's just encouraging to see. And I talked about that in the game preview. Over these last few weeks, he's looked phenomenal, and he continued to do so. He looked like he was moving at a different speed than pretty much everybody else on the offense. He he was he was creating. He was getting stuff out of structure. He was doing his, his pirouettes in the backfield again, or in the pocket, I would say. He had good pocket presence. He was making quick decisions, getting the ball out of his hands. He was using his legs, which was something that was good to see, which is another sign he's pushing towards playoff mode. He he's a lot more reserved until game is on the line with with running the football, which a lot of teams will want him to be. But he's moving towards playoff mode. He's getting in that mindset. And you saw him rip off a couple of a couple of big ones. He actually led the team in rushing this game. Some of that can be attributed to Daryl Williams leaving early, getting a little banged up. So it's mostly Jarek McKinnon and Derek Gore, which Jarek McKinnon's a guy that they like to use a lot more out of the backfield. But as far as a receiver. But either way, that kind of lets you know he's kind of moving towards that playoff mode, Mahomes, which is something that the league should be scared of. So it's just good to see him put these put these games together. I think all of the Patrick Mahomes are struggling, all of the concerns, all of that stuff can be put in the rear view that we were talking about early in the year. I think we've got vintage Patrick Mahomes at the perfect time of this year going into this postseason, and he looks ready to go. He's had some good signature performances, and while the numbers don't jump off the page, he, if you watch the game, you see the eye test. He's the best player on the field and he's the best quarterback in football. And you can see that when you watch him play. So that was fun to watch. The biggest beneficiary of Mahomes is good day. In this game was McCall Hardman. He had himself a game, man. He ended this game with 11 targets, eight catches, and 103 yards. I, I believe he also had another uh, carry for 10 yards as well, a Wildcat carry. I think he was the Wildcat quarterback on that play, which is something that I think was really cool to see, but I think it's something the Chiefs don't plan to use in the postseason, so they kind of got rid of it in this game. And I think the fact that he was so involved in this game, because a lot of the plays and a lot of the things that they were doing with McCole Harmon were normal McCole Harmon type plays, horizontal type passes, getting him moving in space and things like that. 
And I think they were throwing a lot of stuff out there for teams to look at that maybe they're not necessarily going to use in the playoffs. So I don't know that that bodes well for him going forward. I mean, maybe the way he responded earns him some more opportunities, but I think they were planning on getting rid of all the McCole stuff because they might have been moving away from it in the postseason. So I'll be interested to see the dynamic of that and how that kind of comes back around once the postseason begins. I think a lot of that may depend also on Tyreek Hill, though. Tyreek Hill barely played it in this game. He was he was a, a non-factor just about. He tweaked his heel before the game. The Chiefs were really cautious with him. He only played a few snaps. I mean, so McCole Harmon was a beneficiary of that situation as well. So I think Tyreek Hill's health and how much they plan to use him over the course of the first game or two in the playoffs may determine how McCole Harmon's used. But he had a couple other plays where he was he was like a shoestring tackle away from breaking another big one. I think his longest catch in the game was 40-plus yards. But he had a couple of other ones where he was squeezing in between blockers. And if he just gets that a half second earlier, it's a touchdown. So I think you were seeing him be effective in, in this role and maybe embracing that role. And I think that that's just what the Chiefs are going to have to accept McCole Harmon is. I think that's something that I've talked about on here a decent amount. And it's something that's been talked about a lot amongst Chiefs fans in general. But it's just time to accept that's what that's who McCole Harmon is. That's the player he's going to be for the Chiefs. And he can be very valuable in that role. You just have to understand you got to go out and get a better wide receiver too. So you're not relying on him for that. And so that's the biggest thing, but I'm happy to see McCole Harmon get back in the mix. I'm happy to see him have a big game. It's not something that we've seen in a long time. So that was really fun to watch. I talked about Mahomes leading the team in rushing. There wasn't a whole lot to write home about other than that. As far as the running game in this game, Jared McKinnon, he did score a really nice receiving touchdown. He didn't do a whole lot on the ground. Derek Gore didn't do a whole lot on the ground. I think that might have been just game script as well, and also with Daryl Williams going out, which is what I talked about. So Daryl Williams going out didn't help, and then game script, the, the the Chiefs were in a lot closer game than I think they anticipated. I think if they would have been up a lot more, my prediction of Derek Gore's MVP may have came true, but Jarek McKinnon being back, I think, took some of those passing game opportunities away from, from Derek Gore as well, so... As far as the offense, that was the biggest things. Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Daryl Williams, they all three left this game banged up. So we'll be watching what they say. I think from all accounts so far, it seems like a lot of that stuff was just precautionary. All those guys are going to be okay to go next week, but you still want to keep watching it and you want to see how that affects them going into next week's game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. But offensively, that was just about all all the things that we really had to write home about. There wasn't a whole lot coming out of this game that was just spectacular that you want to highlight too much. And honestly, I haven't rewatched this game and I probably won't rewatch this game. It was one of those games where you don't really want to see it again. It was ugly. The Chiefs kind of slogged through it and took that big play at the end for him to really put it on ice. So that was something that I thought was cool. I, I guess I, I was it was interesting to see Vic Fangio kick a field goal uh, with four minutes left. They got back in the field goal range after the Chiefs scored that touchdown. They The Chiefs ended up going up, getting a two-point conversion and going up 28-21 after being down by one point on that scoop and score 86-yarder. And it was it was interesting to see Vic Fangio decide to kick a field goal instead of trying for a touchdown with four minutes left in the game. And he turned the ball back over to Patrick Mahomes and never saw it again. And I think that that's something that, I think that's something we'll see in the playoffs. I think teams will start to, prepare themselves and it's something that we've seen some teams do already in the regular season but I think it's something to pay attention to is how these coaches how these teams play against Patrick Mahomes because 
I mean, you give him the ball back with, I say, anything less than eight or nine minutes on the clock, he's probably ending the game. If he has a lead and and you're all you're doing is trying to use your timeouts, get the ball back, he's most likely going to end the game. So I thought that that probably, along with the season that they had, but that decision and then that kind of being their last opportunity to have their hands on the football, that was probably the final nail in the coffin for Vic Fangio's job. Vic Fangio was let go by the Miami Dolphins. So uh, not Miami Dolphins. I'm thinking about Brian Flores, who was in an insane move. He was let go by the Miami Dolphins, which I'll talk about that on the next NFL show. But Vic Fangio was let go by the Broncos. Hopefully Brian Flores doesn't end up there. He was a really good coach. I think Eric Bieniemy is also on the short list of guys they want to talk to. All right. So, as far as defense, I would say the defensive performance in this one was concerning to a degree. I will say that because they had some of the same issues as the Bengals game. There were some missed tackles, some bad angles in the backfield. They were beating in coverage outside the numbers. Uh, you saw Charvarius Ward get beaten a few times down the field and outside the numbers, which is just something that's concerning because you're starting to see that two weeks in a row. And last week's a game where it really mattered. This week is a game where they slept, walk through it, which is why it's only concerning to a degree. Because I will still say, I think... I think this team was making some business decisions. They didn't really look like a team that was wanting to dominate this game. They looked like a team that wanted to come out of this game healthy. And when you consider how the field was, I didn't even talk about that. The, the field was was so sloppy. We're talking about Harrison Bucker falling down on his opening kickoff. His opening kickoff, he falls down on the kick. And you just saw that all day. Guys falling on routes. Multiple guys falling on routes in the same play. Anytime guys are trying to make a cut and thing. So, it looked like a lot of trying to protect people. And, and, and when you look at all of the injuries that came out of this, you look at the three of the Chiefs' top offensive weapons coming out of this game banged up. You hate to see that in the last week. And a lot of that probably had to do with the field conditions. It just was not that good. You saw Tyreek Hill's injury was a pregame injury. That heel flared up in the pregame. You saw Harrison Bucker. They had videos of Harrison Bucker kicking field goals before the game, and he's slipping and falling on kicking kicking practice field goals in pregame warmups. And so the field was in terrible condition, and that didn't – I don't think that helped the, the defense have more fire. I think it probably made them back off a bit. They knew that they didn't have to win this game. They would have loved to win this game, which they did end up doing that. But – those missed tackles, some of the bad angles. I think that stuff probably is attributed to the field conditions, to being checked out on the regular season already. And then, yeah, just trying to protect themselves, trying to be healthy going into the postseason. I think all of those things played into that. So, yeah, that's my honest assessment. This really just looks like a team that's that's bored with the regular season. I think they're just ready to get the postseason going. And I think we see a different energy from them once the playoffs get going, especially defensively. We haven't seen the same energy, the same swagger these last couple of weeks that we have seen from the defense down the stretch of the year. And I think some of that is probably just boredom. You got to talk. I mean, you think about this team here. This is a team that's been to three straight conference title games. They are the epitome of a team that the regular season is just going through the motions. And that was was it more clear than last year, last year. Everybody played the Chiefs close. They had close games with everybody. People were questioning if the Chiefs were good enough going into the postseason last year. And they just come out in the postseason and they dominate. They dominate the Browns up until Patrick Mahomes gets injured. And then they absolutely dominate the number one contender last year, who was the Buffalo Bills. And it was pretty much like, okay, the Chiefs were just sleepwalking through the season. They seem a little bored with the regular season play. 
And now you're in another year of that. I mean, you're talking about potentially having a chance to go to four straight AFC championship games and three straight Super Bowls. This is a team that's not focused on the regular season. And and I think that three and four start was a little bit of, of a wake-up call for them, but it also drives that point home. They didn't start the season ready to go. They started the season going through the motions and and they started the season out with some teams that really had the Chiefs. They had that Chiefs game scheduled. I mean, you talk about the Ravens who hadn't had a lot of success against the Chiefs recently. You talk about the Bills who just got annihilated last year in the AFC Championship game by the Chiefs. You talk about the Titans who the Chiefs, even though they the even though the Chiefs lost to the Titans in their Super Bowl season, they went on to beat the Titans by double digits in the AFC Championship game. And the Chargers They're just trying to make sure that they're not falling too far behind in the division. I mean, all those AFC teams have so much to play for, and those are four of your first five games on the year. So all of those teams, excuse me, all of those teams have a target on you. They're all coming into this game, and they're going to – you're their Super Bowl right now. So I think that that matched up with the energy the Chiefs kind of probably had towards the regular season, forced them to get a little wake-up call. They woke up, they they handled business in the regular season, and I think they packed it in again. And now it's postseason time. I think we see a renewed energy from this team. I think we see some new life from this team. But I think that's the I think that's the biggest thing for me was just that they just didn't look like they really cared to play any more regular season games. And, and it led to some to some stuff not looking good. Now, Melvin Ingram did look good up front. Chris Jones, he looked like he was trying to get his sack as well that he needed to get his incentive. Nick Bolton was flying around a little bit. He took a couple of bad angles in the backfield, though, I will say that. But, yeah, defensively, not a lot to write home about. I mean, Drew Locke was able to at least keep that team in the game. He did a lot of that with his legs, though, which I think is something that's probably – that's something that's probably good for the Chiefs. Now, going into the first game, you don't have to worry about Big Ben Roethlisberger moving around. But you talk about all of these quarterbacks in the AFC. I mean, you just run down the list of the other guys. Everybody else is is generally mobile. You talk about Joe Burrow. You talk about Josh Allen. You talk about Derek Carr. All of these guys can move around a little bit. So you got to make sure... You're prepared as the Chiefs go into the postseason. They have to be sure they're prepared to respect that mobility, that mobility of some of these other AFC quarterbacks. So I think that Drew Locke doing that to him on the ground was probably a pretty good test for them. It was probably a good opportunity for them to say, hey, we need to shore up at least that part of the defense and probably get back to tackling and get back to some other things that I'm not saying there's a switch you can flip in football, but when you're not giving maximum effort, I mean, even when you're giving 80%, playing 80% and 100%, that's like a walkthrough versus an NFL game. So, I mean, this team was probably, I mean, you, you can't go into a game playing 80%, but you can easily go into a game playing 90%. I think a lot of the players on this team were playing at 90% in this game, and it showed. And I think now you get them back at 100%. You hope some of that stuff doesn't repeat from the Bengals game, which I think is more of an outlier than anything. I'm still going to stand on that, and hopefully that's what rings true. But I think that game was an outlier. They just have a lot of athletes. They have a lot of guys that can break tackles and do some different things. So I think that that game was more of an outlier and just a a team that matches up well with the Chiefs defense, getting more opportunities than the Chiefs got with the football. So that was the biggest thing about that. When this game looked a lot more business decision-y and guys not really changing, being able to change direction as fast, not being able to do as much as they would have liked to do. So I think the Chiefs will be fine as far as the best player on both sides of the ball. I mean, for the offense, 
has to be Patrick Mahomes. McCole Harbin, I say, is a very, very, probably a 1B, really. But Patrick Mahomes, he's the straw that, the straw that stirs the drink. He's the one that he he's the one that came out with the energy in this game. He looked ready to play. He looked like he wanted to put some stats up, put some numbers up, and, and let Chad Henney finish the game out. But I just don't think the rest of his team was with him. So, but you got to give him the MVP in this one. Patrick Mahomes was the best player on the field, and it showed. And, and he's going to be the best player on the field in most games he plays. So, as far as defense, you got to give it to the two guys who made the play: Melvin Ingram and Nick Bolton. Nick Bolton led the team in tackles as well. Melvin Ingram played with energy um, and consistency all game. So this is not just about that one play. That one play was huge, though. So, of course, that one play plays a role, but it's not just about that one play. Both of those guys had good games outside of that as well. So, yeah, I think all those guys earned it. I think I came into this game. I think my my offensive MVP was Derek Gore. I think my defensive MVP was Nick Bolden. So Nick Bolden halfway got there. But I guess we can we can start to look a little bit towards next week. So. The Titans did win. They actually, they actually, it was actually a close game. So the Titans were up 21 to nothing on the Texans. And Davis Mills, he brought them all the way back. So he brought them all the way back and ended up being a 28 to 25 game. So it was very, very close to the Chiefs getting the number one seed. I wore my throwback JJ Watt jersey all day, hoping to get some good juju for the Chiefs and the Texans. But it fell a little bit short. The Chiefs ended up getting a two seed, but Thanks to a pretty crazy Sunday where you see the Jags just demolish the Colts and knock the Colts out of the playoffs. The Steelers win in overtime over the Ravens. And then once they got their win and the Jags beat the Colts, all they needed was for Chargers and Raiders to not end in a tie. And that was a game that came as close to as tie as you can get it without being a tie. The Raiders won with the last second field goal, but it came as close to a tie as you could possibly get. So I know the Steelers fans, the Steelers players were sweating, sweating that one out, but they did end up getting in. They're going to face the Kansas City Chiefs, but it was it was dangerously close to being the the Chargers or the Raiders coming in. I can't remember what the scenario would have set up, but but with with everything that happened Sunday, the Chiefs locked into the two seed, so they'll get home field all the way to the AFC Championship game. If the Titans are also in that game, if the Titans lose before that. The Chiefs can have home field all the way through. So we're hoping to see that. We're hoping to see the Titans maybe falter in that divisional round. But we got to wait a week to get there. The Chiefs have to handle business first. So the Chiefs will be playing against the Steelers, a team that they just demolished a few weeks back to the tune of a 36-10 to 10 final score in a game where Tyreek Hill played, what, five or six snaps. Travis Kelsey didn't play at all, and it didn't matter. So the, the Steelers in overtime scored 16 points to beat the Ravens that didn't have Lamar Jackson or just about anybody else. And they don't have anybody defensively. That's the same defense that gave up over 500 yards and four touchdown passes to Joe Burrow a few weeks ago. So Big Ben was able to muster up 16 points. I think this I think the Chiefs got it. They got as good of a first round draw as they could almost possibly get other than ending up with the bye. So you, you got to be happy about that. I'll examine that game a little bit more as the week goes. It'll be similar to the last one. We just talked about this game a couple of weeks ago. So there's not a whole lot of new stuff to bring. I may think of something new to do instead of just looking at the Steelers. But I'll get that to you guys here in a few days. But be on the lookout because I will do this week. I have a playoff preview for the NFL. I'm going to do a regular number episode and a .5 episode for KU basketball. So And and then that's on top of the Chiefs game preview. This is going to be a busy week. I'm going to be bringing a lot of content and um, you guys be on the lookout for that stuff. I'm bringing it for you guys. So be on the lookout for it. I appreciate you for listening. 
You know where to find me on socials. It's also going to be in the podcast description. So just be on the lookout for the content. Continue to support. It's very, very much appreciated. And until next time.